Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to Countryside here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon Clark. And I'm Kerry Kermode. At the weekend, I braved the elements to head over to Bologur to the Kronkavody Plough Match. I speak to Nigel Taylor from Ramsey and Onken Fur and Feather Society about their up-and-coming show. And I speak to one of the founders of Beach Buddies, Bill Dale, to find out more about a prestigious award that they've been nominated for. Well, Kerry, uh, first of all, uh, there's been... Plenty of damage done to some of the farm buildings, which has uh, been a bit of a nuisance, hasn't it? Trees and anything that's loose and hanging off was ripped off at the weekend. My golly, what a storm that was. And it's uh, brought back that wet and miserable underfoot again. Uh, hard to get across the fields at the minute. And uh, it's, it just feels like it's relentless at the moment. Yeah. What about, um, you know, people moan about the, the sailings being cancelled but and the flights. But obviously, with this weather, not much can be done about it. But um, how has it affected the Isle of Man from um, feeding, not so much from a produce one, but getting materials in for feed? Yeah, this time of year, some of the um, uh, products are coming in from across, especially the, the bagged feed into Isle of Man farmers and the other merchants around the Isle of Man. But also there's imports of straw at the moment. If they can get it, it's very scarce. And it's critical that they keep a stock on the island. I know that the freight boat will go most weeks uh, one way or another, but you've got to be organised. You've got to book it weeks in advance and make sure it's you know it's readily available uh, on farm for any eventuality like now. Um, it's difficult at the minute if you're trying to export livestock, you know, they won't be going on this ferry. It has to be steady weather um, and it's just difficult to make business decisions. Um, you know, you are uh, judged by the weather. Yeah, yeah, it makes it difficult though, uh, honestly, but there's nothing we can do about it and uh, everyone on the Isle of Man is fair used to it now, I would like to think. Anyway, so. <laughs> well, this is it, uh, but the seasons are changing. Like we spoke to Alan Webster last week uh, that came over for the Grassland Society. He's seen so much change in his 50-odd years of farming and, and the weather and the seasons being one of them or, or very much the most important one. Yeah. Well, anyway, on with the programme. Well, Beach Buddies, having recently won a national award in London, uh, the charity has now uh, been nominated for a prestigious award in Trondheim in Norway. And it's for work in promoting environmental awareness amongst young people. And who better to tell me about it is one of the founders of Beach Buddies, Bill Dale. And, well, it'll go along with lots of the other awards that uh, Beach Buddies have collected in the past, Bill. We've been very lucky, Simon, over the years to be featured, for instance, in National Geographic magazine, which we thought was, like, you know, absolutely fantastic, and it was. And then we've been on BBC a few times, and there's been a couple of very beautiful documentaries produced about us by reputable people such as Water Bear. But when we were nominated for a worldwide award for the Energy Globe... I mean, you think about it, you know, there's countries from all over the world. You know, this is going to be filmed by goodness knows how many TV stations. We're told the coverage is going to be 400 million. I mean, this is massive. This, who would have ever thought that that was going to happen? But, yeah, you're right. This, this is a very big moment for Beach Buddies. Uh, five others uh, in, the, in the last um, sort of finalists of it. Um, do you know m- much about them? Or is it irrelevant in a way? It'd be such an honour whatever happens uh, you're right um i think to be in the in the final five in the world is a pretty fantastic achievement 
we are um, in a category for, for what we've done with youth and, and education in schools. And there are four other categories on top of that uh, in different areas. So we are one of 25 different um, environmental groups in, in the world which has been nominated. So just to be on the list is great. To be invited to Trondheim, you know, it's a, it's a special day. Um, the way I look at it, more than anything else, okay, this is brilliant for Beach Buddies, but this is also fantastic for the Isle of Man. Um, only yesterday, somebody sent me a message to say, this is somebody who travels around the world a lot, and she said that it was exceptional what has been achieved in the Isle of Man. She, she's been to beaches here, there, and everywhere. This is somebody who travels a lot. And she said she still hasn't found anywhere which comes remotely close to what we've achieved in the Isle of Man. So I think sometimes we, we take it for granted, and, and I think I do as well to some extent, because we've had such a great following. But it looks now like the rest of the world is watching what we're doing. And, uh, and this is just another opportunity to spread the word that there is a method of cleaning up the world's beaches and also indirectly by stopping trash getting into the environment in the first place, which is really what this is all about. Because if you just pick up the rubbish off the beach, and I think you and I have had this conversation a few times before, that's a great thing to do. But what you've got to do is stop it getting onto the beach in the first place. And that's where the education program has helped. And, and I, I hope that anybody listening to this now will look back on the last 5, 10, 15 years and realize that not only are the beaches cleaner in the Isle of Man, but the roadsides and the parks and the plantations and the hills and the mountains, everywhere. What's happened is everybody's bought into this. We've got an enormous number of volunteers have taken part. But the great thing is the involvement with the children. That's the best bit. And the recent award uh, was involved in education as well, I believe. That's why we've been nominated for the World Award, because we won the, and again, this is with Energy Globe, and they liked our, our presentation and the achievement so much that we were then nominated by Energy Globe's internal team and shortlisted for this World Award, because they look on what we've done as being a bit special. So how fantastic is that for the Isle of Man? What about from, you know, you've been there from the start, Bill, one of the founders. Uh, when was it? Just remind me. 2006, you were there, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bring that up. Um, I remember you and I and Sandy Hyten, who was the, um, the original uh, friend of mine who, who we worked on this together. You interviewed us on Balaf Beach. Mm. Uh, and that was where it all started, 2006. And it was just the two of us. And I don't know if you remember the statistics, but in six weekends, we picked up 30,000 plastic bottles and, and stuff was a meter deep in, in, the, in the sand. And that was one beach. And, uh, and I remember the publicity. We were so chuffed with the publicity that Max Radio gave us and, and your program gave us that day. And that was where it really kick-started because the next thing you know, we had volunteers coming out of our ears. I mean, it was incredible. And we've got now very, very close to 20... Well, I've kept count. Ex-journalists, you see, I can't keep away from <laughs> figures and <laughs> photographs. And I took photographs on the first day to prove it as well. But recent statistics, we are very, very close to to 20,000 different volunteers since we started all those 18 years ago. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, that's 25% that's of the population. Pretty remarkable, really. If you'd asked me, and we didn't do, you didn't ask me that question on the first day because we had no idea what was going to happen. But um, if you'd asked me then, how many volunteers do you think we would get? I, I would have said, well, you know, if we get a couple of hundred, that would be great. We had 1,500 by the end of the first year. 
and the, and the majority of those the the, the twenty thousand is definitely from schools. I would say probably twelve thousand of those are, are children from schools, and the wonderful thing about that is those children have loved it so much they've gone home and educated mum and dad. And at weekends it happens now all the time. I'll see a little face of somebody who's come along for the first time to one of our Sunday sessions and they brought mum and dad. And mum and dad aren't always that keen, to be honest, to be, be pulled out on a Sunday morning. And they've gone down the beach with the kids who are dead full of enthusiasm. And when they come back, mum and dad have come up and said, you know what, we've really enjoyed it as well and we're coming back again. So the children are going home and taking a message to the, the, the parents and, and indirectly, there's an education program going on between the children and their mums and dads and their, you know, their brothers and sisters and aunties and uncles. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. One thing as well I've learned from talking to people who maybe go on it for the first time, you walk on the beach on your own for a walk. It's so therapeutic, isn't it? You know, the, the sea is around us, the fresh air that the Isle of Man's got to offer. And people think when they join this, even just for an hour, that it's therapeutic, but they're doing some good. They are, and and the one thing that I I never really thought too much about because I thought it just applied to me is that when when I was on the beach in the early days, and and to be honest, I didn't tell too many people to begin with. Um, I I would have some really fantastic moments when you're just the one person on the beach in a beautiful spot. You've got several bags of rubbish under your arms, and you walk back and you think, you know what, this is a really nice thing to do, and it's a special moment. And and now I realise that so, well, all these thousands of people are getting that same feeling that I got in those early days. And I still get that now even. Because mm. there are lots of times when I still go out on my own, you get a tingle down your spine sometimes when you look at the beach and you think, my word, you know, I remember what this was like. And look at it now, you know, you can hardly find anything. You know, there's, there's people tell me that they go out on the beach and they say, you know, it's, it's nothing like it was before. We don't have to take huge bags anymore. There's just little bits and if everybody's doing it then we're on top of it you know so and outside of the 20,000 which we've 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 numbered over the years I know that there's probably another 10 or 15,000 who keep coming up to me and sending messages who say you know well, we can't come on a Sunday because of whatever reason but we're out there and you know we've we've adopted a section of beach at Kurt Michael or Balaf or Ramsey or Port St Mary wherever and they're getting the same kick out of it as, as I did all those years ago and as I continue to do. So some, somewhere along the line, we've stumbled on what is the solution. And I'm hoping that when we go to the awards in Norway, that we're able, I've been given the chance to make a presentation to the conference, you know, so I'm really looking forward to being able to spread the word. And I hope that, that all, of, all the countries that's represented, because they're all over the world, right away from here to New Zealand, I hope that they're going to be able to come go back to their their countries and say you know what we found a little bit of a method that, that works um, let's give it a go ourselves you, you, you think uh, if people are going around the Isle of Man beaches uh, with the weather we have that they'd be keen enough to get on the Gold Coast and do something <laughs> you know what we've been invited I mean we, we've got connections now in probably best part of about 80 90 countries and and there are groups um, they don't call they like to have their own names they like to be associated with beach buddies but they they, they call themselves a different name because they like to have, be a bit independent but those people are spreading the word and how fantastic is that for the Isle of Man mm -hmm. is that they say well you know we're, we're just copying something that we've seen that's happening in the Isle of Man and they're sending messages back and 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 it succeeds so 
we've stumbled somehow on the answer to this. And if, and if the education was to spread, for instance, as part of the curriculum for children everywhere, then they will take that through to future generations and, uh, and, and maybe, maybe we can solve this problem which is absolutely destroying the oceans of, on this planet. You going alone, Bill? Um, no, um, I'm going with four other people. We have a, a, a small works committee and um, I mean, they're self-funding their trip. Um, the Energy Globe have, have funded my trip to, to the awards, but these four volunteers of ours who are just invaluable to me, they are uh, they're coming with me. So there's going to be five of us there representing the Isle of Man. We're going to give out as many Manx um, badges and and uh, and business cards as we can and spread the word as much as we can. We're there for three days and fingers crossed we we put the Isle of Man absolutely firmly on the world map for for what's been achieved by a fantastic group of people and I have made some wonderful friends over the years and uh, let's fingers crossed that we win it. Good luck to all of you and your team. Thank uh, you. When does it happen? It's on the, the awards ceremony is on Thursday the 25th. Uh, we're leaving on the, uh, we go on Tuesday and we're there for two and a half, three days. So um, let's see what happens. Bill Dale, one of the founders of Beach Buddies and uh, that wonderful uh, nomination for this award, uh, you know, the last five, five of them uh, shortlisted from a worldwide list uh, that's a, an immense achievement for the beach buddies and uh, all the team involved in it isn't it it's absolutely fabulous and i love the way they go around into the schools and get speaking to the primary age children and even some of the older children and it has changed the isle of man that you, you know, people are a lot more aware of of putting litter away recycling collecting as they go and it is down to people like bill that commit their time their energy it's great the amount of time and effort that goes into it yes and uh, that has been uh, this is going to be happening and on the 25th uh, this Thursday, uh, this uh, award. So uh, good luck. Um, but, you know, even to get that far, uh, to be nominated for a, a worldwide award like that, well done to everyone involved in that. <laughs> You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. Well, Kiri, uh, did any of the tractors get stuck during the ploughing match at Cronky this weekend? I think a few cars might have done. There wasn't too many spectators there, but it was well attended. A few ploughmen and women missing, but uh, the weather hasn't just been favourable this last few weeks. And when I was there, I caught up with Dennis Quirk, the main man of the day over at Bolliger. Well, it's always a bit ropey, the weather at this time of year, but this week has beat the lot, hasn't it? Well, it can be a bit ropey. This is not too bad, really, today. It was a little bit sticky this morning, first thing, but it's not bad now. It's very windy, yeah, yeah. Uh, which isn't very nice, especially when you're over 25. <laughs> that said, it's, the horses haven't come today either. That's why the horses yeah, haven't come. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. But last week it went well here at Bollager? Last week it went well. We're just short a few competitors. One or two haven't come for various reasons. And again today, but they'll be back again for another year, hopefully. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the Cronker Body Ploughing Association has been going a good number of years now, and you're the president. Yeah. How have you felt it's progressing over time? Well, I think it, it's gone well. We, we give trophies and prize money, and we're not bragging, but we're the only ones that do. 
Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> so having said that, having said that, uh, we run the Cronkite Body Plowing Society. We run sports on Tinwell Day, and they have a root show, and that's where we get the money from. It's not the plowing match we get the money from. We we get it from there, so that's how that works. And we give away. We have done for a number of years now, giving away uh, to charities. Uh, this year is no different. And I can tell you this because this won't go out until after the prize presentation. We are given £4,000 again this year to the ME Society. Wow, that's uh, terrific, isn't it? It really well, is. Well, we give £4,000 away every year for the last six, seven years, I think. Goodness, wow, that's impressive. From, from the time we started giving away, we started giving £250 away. Oh, and since we've started, I think, I'm not too sure, but I think we're over £70,000 that we have given. And you should be very proud of yourselves. Well, That's a huge with, amount of money with, going to charity. With the short amount of people we've got, uh, you know, they're all good to work. They are. You've so, got a good team yeah. around you here today. <coughs> well, we're, loving you. we're here in the marquee today, and uh, Mr. and Mrs. Brown, Marion Kane, is here doing the food. And, you know, it's all hot soup and... It's and really it's, it's, good food. And bacon baps is all what you want. And the cakes, don't forget them. <laughs> well, yes, yes. Did yeah. you make any? <laughs> I did offer yesterday. Well, I when, never. Wendy, Wendy, as you notice, has, is not here. Wendy's not well, but yesterday uh, I said about giving her a hand to make them, but I wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> you so, stick to the judging, so you've got a task on your hands out there well, now, not, Dennis. I might not be any good at that either. <laughs> One person, one person will think I am. Oh, the well, very the true, winner. absolutely. <laughs> so what will you be looking for out there? We've got various types of styles going on. Well, on the judges sheet, you get a list, and there's six different elements to look at. Uh, the opening split, the bye, the straightness, the packing, the seed bed. And it all comes in, and they all mark individually. Right, I see. So when you're judging even, you sometimes don't know who's won because there's so many different elements to add up at the end. And it can be confusing at the end. I bet it can. Yeah. There'll be all eyes keeping yeah. an eye on that oh, no. sheet, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> making sure yeah. the maths is right. But yeah. that said, Dennis, ploughing is such an essential part of agriculture and farming life. You talk about the seedbed there, and I know we've mentioned it a number of times when we've popped out to the plough matches, but it is crucial. This land here at Bolligar, it seems sandy enough, but will it change across the field? No, I think this is fairly universal across the field. This field will be, each field field. But place to place does. And, and even field to field sometimes. I know I've done lots of ploughing at Bollamore when I was there. And sometimes you'd be ploughing the field and you'd be ploughing, it'd be good, everything be going well. You go in the field next door and it's, it's totally, different. totally different. So you've got to know how to get the plough to go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's and would that vary the, the style that you'd plough that day? You know, you, you plough, you put it down six inches and away oh, you oh, go? Oh, no, it's, it's not, it's not, you don't put it down. A lot, a lot of people, and there's no disrespect to them, not farmers bought tractors, vintage tractors and a plough and thought all they had to do was drop it in the ground and go. <laughs> in fair dues to quite a lot of them that have done that have got better and better and better. I so see. it's only practice that's so needed. So it is a skill to it's, it then? It, well, it's a skill to it, yes. Yeah. But uh, as you say, the ploughing is essential. Yeah. But when you look at farming programmes, ploughing has gone out. It is indeed, yeah. It, not yeah. in the Isle of Man, it doesn't seem yeah. to be, but yeah. it is in, in the farming community across. They're using these big implements that can drag the ground up 
and they say it's less it lets less less carbon out of the ground. Whoa. So you Here know, go, I suppose yeah. we got to believe what they tell us. This I'm not is it. I'm it's not sure how they can measure tons of carbon in the atmosphere. Maybe I'm a bit old-fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're true in what you're saying. Yeah, a lot of these agro-environmental schemes now are, yeah. you know, are sort of looking out for the minimum tillage and, yeah. and, and all the rest of it. I know times do change. You'll have seen an awful lot of change in farming through oh, your oh, lifetime. I have, I have seen a lot of changes. <coughs> when I was 12 when my father got the tractor, so I never ploughed with horses in my life. Uh, Jim, Jim Kane did. They were across the valley from us. I was in, we were in Crunknafeshig, and they were in Little London. And Jim and his father Norman, they used to play with the horses, and they were using the horses. But we had the tractor. But when Norman left school, uh, I think that's when he got the tractor. Norman wanted the tractor, and that's when he got the tractor. <laughs> Keep them in so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that there, the horsepower compared to the, the mechanical horsepower, it, the difference that would have made to, to farm and life. Oh, a tremendous difference. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I, we, at home, as far as I can remember, well, I was only 12, but the horses we had at home never seemed to be great horses. I don't know why. Probably it's the owners. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, animals, animals do come from the owners, but little London canes always had good, quiet horses. Yeah. And it's, it's probably to do with the owners, but I think that's how they that's how yeah. they got the track in the first place. Yeah. 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 Well, that's it. Some people rather the livestock than they do the machines, and same to this day, I rather the stock than I would do the tractors. But I appreciate the effort and the work that goes into the ploughing and yeah. making the land good for the crops. Yeah. And yeah. and today we've got Nicola and, and David yeah. Royalty here. Yeah. No horses this no week. No horses. No horses, unfortunately. But then um, they had a hard week last week, actually, where they were ploughing last week. They had a hard week. They done really well last week, yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Just the ground was well, hard it, to turn. Well, it, it was a little bit harder to pull up then. It's quite heavy to pull, like, and they are really small horses, really. Yeah, but they, yeah. you know, yeah. No, but it's good to see them still out, and, and oh, for our listeners to, to come and have a look at them oh, yeah. plowing. Oh yeah. Phenomenal yeah. that connection oh, yeah. between the yeah. the yeah. animal yeah. and the person. Yeah. But uh, the competitors are out there now, Dennis. They'll be well through half their butt, are they? Sorry? The yeah. half through? Halfway through? No, about halfway through, yeah. 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 So how long will it take them to do their patch they're giving out? Well, they've got until 3 o'clock. Right. So Deadline. they can take to that, but they will be finished before that. Yeah. <coughs> we, we haven't got very long length to plough. We haven't got a field big enough to make it longer. It would be nice if they could make them twice as long. I see. Make them do a bit more length. <laughs> and then and it'll show the straightness, shows, I suppose. shows it? it up better. Yeah. And it's actually easier to judge, really, in a way. There's yeah. more length than all to look at, like, yeah. you know, so, yeah. 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 But unfortunately, it's, it's not easy to get a feel these days, so. Why would that be? Well, some people aren't ploughing the stubble. Yeah because they're getting paid for not ploughing until February. I see, yes. I yes. think, How the I schemes think. have changed, and that's then, right. And then you can get a tractor with a four-foot plough. You can plough any amount of acres in a day. Used to be with a horse, if you ploughed an acre a day, you done well. That's a lot now you'll do two or three acres an hour, probably. <laughs> I don't know you'll what know, they'll You do. did a bit of it yourself at the, <laughs> at the Ballamore there, yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah. But, it's nice to see Ronnie still having a go here doing the Manx style. Ronnie, Ronnie, you'll not stop Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, Ronnie is out every morning. He's done his breakfast and he's down at Close William. And I bet you if you went down there at 8 o'clock, Ronnie would be there. Wow. And he's down nearly all day. He goes home for his dinner 
and he's back down again. He's doing something down there Isn't all day. Brilliant. I said to him one day about, what are you doing now then, Ronnie? Oh, he's cleaning the ditch, he said. So he said, and he's cleaning it with a spade. Well, not a drag, not a drag, yeah. but with a spade. Well, that's how they used to make <laughs> he's, them, he's, eh? He's, he's a tough man as well. He Ronnie. is, isn't he? Yeah. Well, he does a lovely uh, style of ploughing there with that mice, oh, yeah, he mice is style. Very good. He has a little bit, little bit of a problem last week with his plough. Oh. There was something going matter with it last week, and he hasn't got it actually fixed. Oh, no. So he's struggling. He's That'll struggling to keep it going right. It? Yeah, but knowing Ronnie, he'll do something right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, well, I better let you get back to your judge and Dennis. I've got to go and judge now. Yes, and we'll catch up with the results <laughs> after. And you too, Dennis. There we go. A very busy man, Dennis Quirk, the judge, the president of the Cronkavody Ploughing Society. And he's always a great character to chat to. But we will be hearing more from the ploughing um, in next week's programme from Nicola and David Rawlsey, who keep the heavy horses for the ploughing. And also Steady Al or Alan Radcliffe, uh, for those that don't know him as Steady, about his ploughing and his recent award at the Manx Grassland Dinner. <laughs> Okay, well, it's uh, bird time and it's been a difficult few years uh, with the avian flu scares that have been happening around the country and Europe and affected parts of the Isle of Man as well. But the Ramsey and Onken District Fur and Feather Society are holding their show on Sunday the 4th of February. Nigel Taylor from the Society told me more. Well, great to see the Onken and Ramsey Fur and Feather Society show going ahead. Yes, we're pleased we can hold it. We did hold one in um, September last year, actually. We thought we'd have it early to make sure there were no problems because of bird flu. Um, and there haven't been touched wood on the island over the winter, so we're hoping to go ahead with one in two weeks. Yeah, and isn't that one of the things that the the society has to keep a very, very close eye on, uh, Nigel? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, we keep a word, uh, close contact with the chief vet, the government vet, and if there's any concerns, well, we'll we'll probably not hold the show. Right. And what about um, the the stage? Because obviously uh, a lot of the people, well, some of the people on the Isle of Man um, and maybe some from the UK come to the Isle of Man. Is, is that allowed to travel with them? Um, we can still travel with birds at the moment. Um, the, there are no restrictions in the UK just at the moment. I think the last control zone stopped at the start of January. Um, so again, touch wood. There's no cases of bird flu, um, but we're hoping that the um, the two big UK, UK shows might happen later in the year. Um, those are the big ones which we all look forward to. Yeah, and uh, you, you go away yourself to these ones? I do, yeah. yeah. I take some of my breeds. I've got Sumatras and Wellsummers and Old English Pheasant Fowls. I like to take to those, but they've, not, they've just not been happening for the last three or four years. What about the, um, obviously it's fur and feather, you're more involved, I think, on the feather side of it, Nigel, but um, what what sort of um, breeds and types of animals are, are involved in the fur and feather society shows? Yeah, well, all are welcome in terms of small livestock. We've got classes for cats and guinea pigs and rabbits on the fur side. What, and is the guinea pig side are, are the clastus cavies, or is that slightly yes. different just to con, just to yeah clear that one up? No, that's what we call them on the on the forms. They're called cavies. Yeah, and um, Margaret Farragher from Ramsey's coming to judge those. Yeah, mm. and you've had 
judges from further afield uh, on lots of occasions. It's that to, to give it a fresh look where, you know, you get somebody outside, it's their chance to see what, what we've got on the Isle of Man. Well, it is. I mean, if we if we have local judges, and there are people who've done the, the qualifications with the Poultry Club of Great Britain to be able to judge birds, so there are a few people on the island, but it takes them away from being involved with perhaps showing themselves, you see. So fix, this, fix. Yes. <laughs> so this time we've got Dilwyn Green from North Wales coming over. Um, we know him well. He's been several times before over the years. Yeah. And how much uh, preparation uh, goes into... You're a shower yourself, Nigel, so is there a lot beforehand? Um, well, shamefully, I've done very little, really, but you could argue it starts from when you you start hatching the eggs. You know, you're looking for the best ones and uh, making sure that they're, they're growing and kept in good condition right up to the show day. What about keeping them at home? Um, is, there, is it quite... If nobody's done it for the for the or somebody's wanting to do it for the first time do you have to buy spend a lot of money on equipment and sheds and things uh, not really um you can you can keep there's a huge range of different breeds some are more suitable for keeping in small place small spaces than the others and um some suit people better than others but and you don't need to keep a cockerel they'll still lay, lay eggs so you might not you know you can avoid having noise to disturb your neighbors um, but I always think you're best with um, a little garden shed, actually, which you can get in and out and the birds can get in and out of. But a big problem really is is looking after them and their security and avoiding things like polecats, and, and, you know, pred- predation from mm. polecats. Yeah. And feeding wise, is it an all year round? Well, I tend to give them a mix of, my ones get a mix of wheat and maize and pellets. Um, Some people would only feed purely pellets, but I think they're far happier and healthier with a bit of a mix of food. And if they're out on grass, that's the best thing as well, that they can peck and scratch around in a more natural environment. Yeah, that's just trying to get to whether Mm. the the food changes from the the winter time to the summer. Well, it, it's yeah. yeah, it does a bit. I mean, people sometimes say they feed their birds a vegetarian diet, but what they actually eat could be different because they'll go and scratch around and find little bugs and all sorts of things to eat for themselves. Yeah, not the sort of weather for them outside at the moment. It's not great. Mine are, all, mine are all hiding away under the under the hedges today. Yeah. But I mean, what's the um, the the biggest show that you've ever seen or been to uh, yourself? Well, the the one the big one we have is the Federation of Poultry Clubs show at Stafford, which is normally held in December each year, and there's there's thousands of chickens there, um, but they're actually quite small um, compared to some of the huge ones you get across in in the mainland Europe in some of the big cities like Hamburg, where they've they've got long thousands, fifteen thousand birds, something like that. Which is incredible, but I've never seen that. <laughs> There'd be plenty of noise in the mm. background then, though. But uh, Sunday, the 4th of February, is when the show is on. Uh, not far around the corner now, Nigel. Uh, all the entries closed? No, um, there's still plenty of time to an- enter. Um, the closing date is the 28th of January, so if anyone wants to get in touch, they could give me a shout, um, phone or text on 472257. And then, as you say, the show itself is Sunday the 4th at Andreas Parish Hall. Great ambassador and uh, enthusiastic member of the uh, Ramsey and Onkin Fur and Feather Society show there, Nigel Taylor, telling us about the show.
He's taken part for a number of years now, and it is great. There's lots of classes, the pigeons, the cage birds, rabbits, cavies, cats, and all of the poultry too. So get along. Have you got anything ended? Uh, no, no, no. Nothing like that. But uh, you know, maybe in the future when I've got a bit more time on my hands. Uh, but Nigel there explain, and it's not too bad once you get the, the bits and pieces, uh, you know, organised for housing um, the hens or the chickens or whatever you've got. Uh, we do have a chicken uh, fence at home. Oh, Yeah, but uh, we, with the extension and things going on, we haven't had a chance to get anything sorted with the... Uh, getting slack in the old age. Oh, but it is lovely keeping a few hens, you know, especially growing up on the farms. They were always about in the yard, weren't they? Scratting away. And I can't beat a farmyard egg, though. And no, good old orange yolk. Oh, the beautiful. There we go. That's made me hungry. <laughs> uh, that's it. If you've missed any parts of the programme, you can catch up on Manx Radio's website and go and download the podcast for free there. And we'll be back next Tuesday with more from the countryside. So until then, from me, Simon Clark. And me, Kiri Kermode. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.